Good morning. Welcome to Elm Grove. Come on in. Good morning, Elm Grove Church family. It's so great this morning to take this time and opportunity to say, God bless you and we love you. We miss you and we're glad or we're ready to get back to having our usual church services on Sunday morning, as well as our Sunday evening Bible studies and our Wednesday night Bible studies. But until then, God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And on this beautiful Lord's Day, I'd just like to say thank you, Jesus, for your protection upon our church family, upon our community, and all the great things you've allowed us to enjoy during this trying time. The Bible gave us warning ahead of time that there would be many afflictions among the people, but God is the one who delivers us from them all. He cares. He understands. He knows exactly where you're at today. And all he wants you to do is draw near to him. And he said, if you'll do that, he'll draw nigh to you. He, he wants to put his arms around you this morning, no matter what you're going through. And he wants to whisper to your spirit today. He knows. He understands. He has the, he has the answer to every trial that we'll face. So today on this beautiful Lord's Day, we say, may God's richest blessings be upon you. If you need us for further assistance in any way, form, or fashion, please feel free to call the church, or you can call Barry, uh, Pastor Barry, Pastor Jared, or myself, and we will not only put you on our prayer list, but we will uh, ask others to join us beyond our prayer list today in behalf of your needs. We love you today. God bless you. Until we get, again, get together again, we pray may God's blessings overshadow you as you take the journey of life in faith. God bless. Hey there, is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community, and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So, no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So, welcome to church. Good morning, Elm Grove. Good morning. We're excited to be sharing with you this morning and worshiping with you in your house or in your car or in your office or wherever uh, this message finds you this morning. So thanks for joining us. Um, in to moving with today's theme of the message is uh, about being restored and being made anew. Um, we have the first song that we're going to share with you. Um, it's called Give Me uh, One Pure and Holy Passion. And this is a song that Bethany and I learned when we were in college. Um, there was uh, a worship night called Overflow, and um, it was just a really special night that we got to go uh, every week and, and just sing for an hour. And it was wonderful. Um, but the lyrics of this song um, are quite well uh, for the times about finding maybe a new passion for you in uh, maybe a new season. Uh, I know that there's uh, everybody's going through something new and unexpected right now, and uh, we need to look to our, our Father um, to help uh, show us what He has for us in the coming days, weeks, and months. And so uh, this first one's called, Give Me One Pure and Holy Passion. Mm -hmm. 
unholy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you. in your tomb. This world is empty, pale, and poor. Compared to knowing you, my Lord, lead me on, and I will run after you. Oh, lead me on, and I will run after you. for this time of worship and we uh, we thank you for the movement that you're uh, that you're making all across the world and uh, thank you for the way that you're using um, God the internet and all these video streaming services um, for your good uh, we thank you that you are pouring into our lives through the screens uh, during these days and we look forward to the time that we get to meet back up and, uh, and sing and gather and praise uh, under one roof. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, in this song we can raise our voice because it's it's in you that we stand and it's in you that uh, your promises have been made to us and uh, that's what we that's what we stand on. And so bless this time and this music and we raise it all up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
to host you here this morning as you host us into your home today. Uh, first of all, I just want to give a big shout out to Blake and Bethany. Over these last several weeks, they have done a fantastic, incredible job of giving us an online worship experience, just leading us into the presence of God, whether it be looking into a camera or looking into a phone or whatever it's been. They have just done a superb job of leading us in worship in these online experiences. And so Blake and Bethany want to say thank you guys so much. Hey, as I'm talking right now, if you're watching this, I want you to type out something. I want you to tell them thank you. I want you to tell them how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. Come on, do that right now as we're talking. We can talk and listen at the same time. So we appreciate you guys. I'm looking forward to when we're going to come back together in person. We see light at the end of the tunnel. And so this next week, we're going to be putting out what that looks like. 
as uh, we are in contact with our governor's office. We're in contact with all of the all the new regulations and restrictions and recommendations that are laid out before us. Uh, it looks like things are looking up. And so we're excited about that and looking forward to that great day of coming together live and in person again. So just be watching our website, watch our Facebook and our Instagram. We'll be posting that sometime later on this week. And so, again, just great, great news coming to us today. Hey, want to remind you, if you're looking for an opportunity to give, you can go to our website, elmgrovecc.org. And there on the website, there's a giving link. Just click on that giving link and it'll walk you through uh, how you can give online. You can give by credit card, by bank account. You can give by text. You can text give. It'll walk you through all that, how you can set that up. And so just avail yourself to that. Or if you want to send in uh, a gift and tithe and offering into the uh, to the church, uh, just through the mail, uh, you can do that as well. Our address is there on the website as well. So we do want to say thank you so much. Our church family has been incredible during this time. You guys have been giving, you guys have been serving, you guys have been loving our community during this time, and we can't thank you enough. So I want to say thank you so much, Elm Grove Church family, for your for just the awesome way that you've ref reflected Christ during this time. So thank you so much for that. Hey, in just a few moments, I'm going to come back on and we're going to begin uh, just an incredible series. I'm really, really pumped about and can't wait to bring you this first message of this series. But before we go into that, we have a very special treat for you today. Today, Miss Dolores Rich is going to bless us in song, do a special for us today. And so won't you welcome her to your phone, to your computer, to your TV. Come on, put your hands together right there where you're at and welcome Dolores as she blesses us today. Hi everybody, missing you guys. Um, Jared had asked me to sing a special for this Sunday and the word that kept coming to me was the word shelter. Just like we're having to shelter in place and one of my favorite verses of all is Psalms 91 and we've been hearing that a lot and I wanted to share that with you because it does tie in with the song I'm going to sing today. Psalms 91 starts like this. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. For you make the Lord your refuge. If you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. This is called Sheltered in the Arms of God, and it's written by Dottie Rambo. I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender. Oh, <laughs> 
family we want to welcome you here this morning uh, again what an honor to host you uh, here at the rock this morning as we know you're hosting us there in your homes in your living rooms on your phones on your computers on your TVs maybe in your car maybe you're just sitting outside and join the morning today uh, it's an honor and a privilege to have you join us this morning 
we uh, kick off a new series. Maybe you snuck in here a little bit after we started. We just want you to know we're kicking off a new series today. Uh, this new series is called The Power of Re. And this series is all about that prefix re. If you study that prefix re out, R-E, it means to do again or to restore back to original condition. And so uh, we're taking a look at some things that maybe through this time that we've been in over the past month, maybe a little bit longer, uh, maybe God's revealing some things to us that need to be restored back, some things that we've gotten away from, some things that, uh, that we've taken for granted. So maybe there's some areas of our life that we need to be restored back this morning. And so uh, today we're talking about uh, sticking with that R-E theme, reset, okay? Reset, R-E-S-E-T, reset, um, and the power of reset. And so I just, I just want you to hone in on that as we talk about that this morning. How many know we live in a culture, in a world that depends a lot upon technology now? Over this last month, over this last five or six weeks, however long this has been, uh, uh, we have had to dive in real quick uh, to technology uh, to enable us to get the Word of God out uh, to our church family, to those who want to listen uh, on the weekends and on Wednesday nights and on for youth and for kids' church. And, and so, but when all this began 20, 30 years ago, we were promised that it was going to change our lives, and, and for sure it has. Uh, we were told it was going to free us up. We were told that technology was going to allow us to do more of what we wanted to do. It would make our lives and our jobs easier. That technology would actually uh, help us do everything exponentially faster, and so we would have all this free time on our hands because of technology. So I just want to ask a question this morning. Over the past 20, 30 years, what you guys been doing with all your free time? Yeah, how's that working for you? We know that's not true. We know that, that it's not true, it wasn't true, it isn't true, and it never will be true. You know, and I find myself at times getting rather annoyed, getting rather annoyed at this, this little thing right here. When I demand something from this that it doesn't want to give me at that moment, right? it doesn't deliver on the spot. Uh, for everything that is right here on this phone, it used to take up rooms, plural, rooms to house and to home all that data uh, that's now here in my hand. In this thing right here, I have over 600 contacts. Some of you have more, some of you have less, but I have over 600 contacts right here in this phone. In this phone, I have over 2,000 songs, 2,000 songs, books, movies, podcasts, those types of things housed right here on this phone. Do you realize, if you think back, you remember CDs? That would be like right at 200 CDs that I have right here in my hand on this little thing right here. Now, when I talk about cassette tapes, now you say cassette tapes to like the Grove students on Wednesday night, talk about cassette Y'all remember cassette tapes? Remember you used to take your pinky and you have to stick your pinky and, and you'd have to twist it and turn it and try to get it to a certain spot or trying to get the, the ribbon to even out or you take a pencil and you just, you know, you'd, you'd do, you do, you remember that? Oh, wasn't those the days, man? That was the good old days. And then we also, if you want to go back further, we had the uh, the eight track tapes. Remember the eight track tapes? 
I remember the 8-track player that my dad had in his garage. When we'd be working out in the garage, he'd, he'd turn on the 8-track tape. And he had he really liked, he, he loved Glenn Campbell. I remember Glenn Campbell uh, playing out there and, and like the Oak Ridge Boys and some of those guys playing out on the 8-track tapes. And so just a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all those things, all that technology that has come about, here in my hand, I have access to four newspapers. There's four newspapers that I try to read uh, um, most often and I try to keep up with. And, and um, not only newspapers, but thousands of other podcasts and publications and articles that I, I have right here in my hand. Right here in my hand, I can connect with someone across the world. I remember before we moved to Sealing and I was on staff at Eden First Assembly. Uh, man, they have just a, an incredible missions outreach uh, to the nation of Peru. And I went several times on missions trips, led youth on missions trips. And we'd go to Iquitos, Peru, and we'd go up and down the Amazon River. They're in the Amazon rainforest. And we'd get out in the day and we'd, we'd do our thing. You know, we'd, we'd preach and we'd build and we'd, we'd do all kinds of stuff. And then at night, we'd get back home to our logging quarters. And I'd hop on my phone and I'd FaceTime my wife and my kids. And I'd be able to talk to them from the Amazon jungle, from the Amazon rainforest, all the way to Eden, America, right here with this little thing I hold in my hand. But the moment this thing doesn't do what I want it to do, what do I do? The moment this thing doesn't perform the way I demand it to perform, what do I do? Yeah, stupid technology, right? This thing is dumb. Why don't this thing ever work? And then we get a little wake-up call. How many of y'all remember the flip phone? Some of you are saying, I don't have to remember it. I still got it. It's awesome. Hey, more power to you. But how, how, how many remember going past the flip phone? How many remember the, the bag phone? The one that you had to actually bolt in the bottom of your vehicle, on the floorboard to your vehicle. And then you had to plug it into the cigarette lighter and then your car had to actually be running for it to work. I remember those days. But the coolest thing about those days was the black antenna. How I remember the antenna that you put on the back of your car, the back of your truck, the back of your vehicle. Okay, You had to have that antenna for that, for, for that bag phone to work. And there was something about that antenna that as you're driving down the road, it just screamed out to everyone who was watching you or everyone who was looking to do, hey, I'm someone important. I got this antenna, right? And so there's just something like cool about that black antenna. You know, Every now and then in our house, the cloud family, we run into a crisis. And that crisis is when the wireless internet in our home goes down or it doesn't work as fast as it should. You have a big thunderstorm roll through here this past week. We had a thunderstorm roll through on Thursday evening. And for a little bit, maybe it wasn't our internet, but our TV reception was a little messed up just for a few moments. You know, electronics can be affected by those things. Ice storms, thunderstorms, high wind, you know, all, all those things. And maybe you're watching a movie or a TV or you're right, uh, a TV show. Or you're right in the middle of watching the ball game and, and it starts just, you know, raining cats and dogs outside. And as it starts raining, you know, your reception is messed up just a little bit. I know that's been our case several times in our life. And uh, when that happens, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if we're going to survive as a family. The TV's down, the internet's down, the cloud family's down. Y'all pray. <laughs> we need prayer, right? And so after a while, you know what you got to do. After a while, you've made enough phone calls. You know exactly what you have to do. You go to where that modem is. You go to where that router is. You go to where that receiver is. And you find this little button. And sometimes that button's on the front side. Sometimes it's on the back side. 
But you got to locate that little tiny button. And you press that little tiny button. And that little tiny button repowers everything back up as it should be. And for, the, for most of the time, everything is okay. And you and I both know that button as the reset button. You've got to reset the system. Power it back up and get it working again. There are moments in our life, in every relationship, in every organization, and in every church family, that the only option we have for moving forward is to hit the reset button. And I'm asking us today to reconsider that maybe during this season that we're in, might this just be a great opportunity for us to hit the reset switch somewhere in our life. As a pastor, as a leader, as a father, as a husband, and as a follower of Christ, I can tell you there are some areas of my life that have been disrupted over this past month. There's some areas of my life over this past month that God has exposed some things in my life and it's time that I hit the reset switch in those areas. Now I'm just asking us this morning and I'm inviting you into an opportunity today. I'm asking you what needs to be reset in your life right now. There's reset switches that I've had to hit. There's reset buttons I've had to press over this last month. And maybe there's reset switches that you need to hit as well. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's how we parent. You know, my goodness, these the, time is flying by. We, we, all, we all say that. We all know that, but my goodness, it's true. Time flies by. When school starts back up in August, uh, uh, my wife is going to have a senior, a senior in high school. My wife is going to have a senior in high school. I, I just, I don't think I'm that old. And so, man, I just, I think about that. And I think about uh, our young JD and how he's, he's a senior now and how time has flown by. And I just, it blows my mind. That now I've got a senior. No, she's got a senior, right? And it just, it, it, it's crazy to me how fast time flies by. And maybe we need to reset some things and make this time count. Maybe it's in our marriages. Maybe it's the way we relate to our spouse. Maybe our marriages have been defined as of late as, as busyness. As busyness and busy, busy, busy. Just, you know, and I'm not saying anything I, <laughs> I'm, I haven't lived. Because that's definitely been our case for a while. And so maybe it's just been busy, 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 busy. And maybe you've turned into roommates instead of soulmates. And maybe God's saying, you know what? It's time to hit the reset button in your marriage. It's time for you to come back together. Maybe your, your, your life has just been full of chaos. Maybe even as a follower of Christ, you, uh, you, you've turned from a follower into a fan. You, uh, you, you cheer on what he's doing. But you have real no, you have no real connection with him yourself. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, "No, I need a reset button in my relationship with Christ. I need to experience a powerful experience with God." Maybe it's how we handle money. Maybe you realize that you know instead of you owning money, money has owned you. Maybe your pursuit has been after the dollar, and your pursuit has not been after your God-given dream. Maybe you need to figure out what it looks like, what it really looks like to live a Christ-centered life. Maybe you need to find out what it, what it looks like and what it means to live by faith. 
Because if we can just be honest, I'm just being honest, I'm just being open and honest and transparent to you this morning. We can cruise through our life and we can accomplish a lot of really good things in our life and never ever really have to live by faith. Isn't that true? I'm determined as a leader that I want to take those I'm leading places where we know we can't do anything more on our own. That we are totally dependent upon the power of Jesus Christ. Where the only option that we have is Jesus. And he is the only one who can get glory. What would that look like in your life, in my life, <coughs> excuse me, in our life? What would that look like? What would that look like in our church if, if where, where, we, uh, where we know where, where there is such a way that we're willing to charge the hill for the cause of Christ in such a way where we would find ourselves in a moment where it's all dependent upon him and we know that we had nothing to do with it, that everything that had been accomplished, that everything that had been done, that everything that had been built was built and done and accomplished because of him and not because of us. Totally live in that realm of faith. What would it look like? What would it look like to hit the reset switches and say, you know what? I'm going to live more by faith. I'm going to take some risk in my life. I'm going to step out a little bit further than where I am today. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? We need to have the courage in this moment to hit the reset button, not just for us and not just for ourselves, but for our family and for others who are watching and for our community. We got to have the courage to hit the reset button and say, Jesus, it's all up to you. I think far too many people, they ask Jesus to walk with them. They say, Jesus, walk with me. I need you here. I need you in, in this situation sometimes. I don't really want to change a whole lot about my life. I just want to cruise along. I want to cruise along in my life, the way I've been living it. And Jesus, if I have a problem, I know you're walking with me. You're here with me just in case I need you. Well, if you read scripture, you understand that's not what Jesus asked. And that's not what he demands. Jesus said to us to take up our cross daily and to follow him. That he's the leader. That he's the guide. That we base our decisions upon what he says and what his word says. That we take our cues from him. He has asked us to follow him. So many times we think that when we invite Jesus, when we when we pray and we say, Jesus, come into my heart, we really think that we're inviting him in, in, into our life and that he just stays in our life and that he handles all the business in our life. But listen, that's, that's not the way this works. He says, you follow me. So in turn, what he's doing is he's saying, no, 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 I'm not just coming into your life. I'm inviting you into my life. I'm inviting you into my plan. I'm inviting you into my purpose. I'm inviting you into my provision. I'm inviting you into my protection. Come on, that's good stuff. I'm inviting you into my hope. I'm inviting you in, 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 into my joy, into my peace. I'm inviting you into what I have. I'm inviting you into my, come follow me and take what I have, receive what I have. You know, come with me. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 in the Message Bible. This is an incredible chapter. If you got a chance, go read this chapter this week. But 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says this. Paul writes, with all of this going for us, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. And in Luke chapter 9, Jesus said to the crowd, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must first turn from your selfish way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. 
In other words, we got to turn from the life we want and go after the life that He wants for us. And man, I'm telling you, every time, every time I've done that, I've turned from what I want and I've, I've just said, God, I'm going to pursue what you want. It works out better every time. And it goes on to say there in Luke, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. If you give up your life for my name's sake, you'll save it. So what do you benefit anyway if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? I heard a story recently that just really grabbed hold of me. And it's a story that takes place in 1904. In 1904, William Borden, he graduated from Chicago High School. William Borden was the heir to the Borden family fortune. Now, if you're thinking Borden, where does that name come from? Yeah, yeah, come on. It's chocolate. Y'all remember the Borden chocolate milk? Oh, that stuff is 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 amazing. Uh, second to only Brahms. Okay, Brahms chocolate milk is like the nectar of heaven. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But Borden, William Borden was the heir to the Borden dairy family as we study this out. And his for his high school graduation, his family, he graduated at the age of 16, his family uh, gave him a trip around the world. And as a young man, he traveled through Asia, the Middle East, and Europe. And as he traveled, he began to have a burden and a passion for those people who were hurting and those people that were under-resourced. His mom had taken him to church at a younger age, and he had had an experience, an encounter with Jesus Christ, and he agreed to follow Christ. But suddenly, life was kind of taking on a whole new meaning as he made this journey around the world. See, he decided on this trip around the world that he would become a missionary. And when he voiced this to his parents, his father communicated with him that if you do that, you will no longer be in the family business. You will no longer be a part of the family name, and you will no longer have access to the family's fortune. But later on, they were searching through his Bible, and on that day, in that moment, during that conversation with his dad, he had penned two simple words that I want to look at today. And that, those two words were no reserve. No reserve. Nothing held back. He arrived on the campus of Yale University in 1905. And he was just kind of hoping to blend in. He didn't want anyone to really know who he was. He didn't want anyone to know that he was wealthy. He didn't want anyone to know he was part of the Borden family, the Borden Dairy family. He just wanted people to know that he was a follower of Christ. Well, during his first semester at Yale University, he started a prayer group with a few guys in the dorm. That was his first semester. By the time he graduated, that prayer group had turned into just a few guys Two of the 1,300 people that were enrolled at Yale, over 1,000 attended his prayer meetings by the time he was a senior. And that, that's just a big bowl of awesome sauce. That is, that is absolutely amazing. And as he graduated, this call to serve as a missionary was burning even greater than him. And so he fixed his eyes on ministering to this, a group of people that had really grabbed his heart. And that was the Muslim people of China. And he wrote something else in his Bible when he realized his call. Under no reserve, he wrote our second highlight today, no retreat. In other words, no looking back. He went on to Princeton in New Jersey uh, to finish up his graduate degree. And then he worked and headed to China. Now let's talk about this for a few moments. We're going to come back to that story. But let's talk about these words, no reserve 
and no retreat. No reserve means nothing held back. Uh, nothing held back. We read that scripture again. Remember the scripture we just read? Let's read it again. With all of this going for us, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or a waste of effort. Jesus once said, he once said this, he said that a cup of cold water given in my name is significant work. I want you to think about that. A cup of cold water given in my name is significant work. You know, we may never have a bunch of money. We may never have a building named after us, and we may never have a special celebration or a special day honoring our lifelong accomplishments. But what we can do today is we can hand out lots of cups of cold water in his name. We can do that. The Bible says that's significant action. That's significant work. That nothing is useless. Do not hold back. No reserve. This season that I'm in right now, I'm hitting the reset button personally. And I'm thinking it's a great time also to hit it corporately and to say we are following him with all that we have. No reserve, nothing held back. Elm Grove family, our community and our surrounding area, they need us to be more passionate than we've ever been. They need us to be more giving now than we've ever been. They need us to be more embracing now than we've ever been. They need us to be more dedicated now than we've ever been. They need us to reach out more than we've ever reached out. They need us to be filled with faith like we've never been filled before. I am excited about where we are going. I'm more excited to serve the vision of our that God's given our pastor than I've ever been before. I'm more excited to serve this community than I've ever been before. I'm more excited than ever to reach the lost. I'm ever I'm more excited to reach and to build up this next generation than I've ever been before. I'm more excited to step out in faith and see what God can do with our faith more than ever before. This is not the time or the hour for the church to be reserved or for the church to be silent. This is the time, the hour for the blood-bought, sanctified, spirit-filled church of Jesus Christ to rise to the seas of need that we are in and to see the need around us and for us to be the hands and the feet extended and the reflection of our Lord and Savior and soon coming King. Come on someone right there where you're at. Shout amen. It's not about our building. It's not about our programs. It's not about our music. It's not about our preaching. It's not about our personalities. It's not about our styles. It's not about this or that. It's about Jesus. And it's about taking Jesus to people who are lost and in need of him. It's about one more that can be saved. It's about one more whose eternal home can be forever changed. It's about one more whose life will be forever different because there was a church who reflected the heart of her Lord. We are that church. We will continue to be that church. We will forever be that church as long as he is the God of our church. Amen. No reserve. No reserve. Secondly, he wrote, no retreat. No retreat, no looking back. No going back. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old is gone, the new is here. No looking back. No looking back with regret. No looking back saying, I wish I had to do over. God said, hey, forget it, move on. I dealt with that already. I covered that at the cross. Been forgiven a long time ago. There's times we get consumed with ourselves. 
There's times we get consumed with our preference and our desire, wanting life to be the way we want it to be. And every now and then we hear the voice of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, saying, you don't need to look around you. You don't need to look behind you. You need to look ahead. You need to look forward. Don't get bogged down on where you've been. Come on, focus on where you're going. On the way to China, William Borden, he decided to spend 90 days in Egypt learning the Arabic language. And while he was in Egypt, he contracted spinal meningitis. Still a very tough disease today. And it was deadly then too. And William Borden, he was told that he had a matter of weeks to live. So in the privacy of his own room, he picked up his Bible. And he wrote two more words. Beside no reserve and no retreat, he wrote no regret. They found written in his Bible with the date, no regret. When the news of his death hit the newspapers in the United States, it was literally carried on the front page of every newspaper. And here is a quote from one of those newspapers. It said, a wave of sorrow has gone. Uh, a wave of sorrow has gone around the world. Borden not only gave away his wealth, but he himself. But in a way that's so joyous and natural, that seemed a privilege and not a sacrifice. I don't know about you, but being 25 years old, full of hopes and dreams like William Borden, heading into a direction that he knew God had sent him. If this was to happen to me, I might have been a little confused with God. I'll just be honest. Leaving his father's company, leaving his father's wealth, leaving his father's fame, leaving the, the lifestyle of his father and the acceptance also of his family, leaving that too, to come into a temporary stop in Egypt and die. But William Borden didn't say that. And he didn't write that. The money he had, he left to, in China uh, to those who gripped his heart and the hospital was established in his name. This 25-year-old young man said, I have no regrets. I wouldn't have done anything any different. No reserve, no retreat, no regret. You know, as a pastor, you get the privilege to stand at the bedside of people in those final moments. And I find it very common with those who have followed Christ with some level of passion and some level of commitment. That those people who found that Jesus was everything, and that everything else really meant nothing outside of him. I find that those people who felt that, they also felt like their life mattered. And I found them to be people who could pass from this planet with no regrets, no matter their age. See, we, we all want to live as long as we can. I understand that. But in terms of a life lived for Christ, those folks are so consistent in that moment. Looking ahead not looking back. So a few questions as we close this morning. Are you holding on to anything? What are you holding on to this morning that maybe you need to let go of? What needs to be reset in your life? Have you been tempted lately to look back instead of moving forward? How do you want to be remembered? And can we be someone who today would say, you know what, we lived life 
with no regret. Surely we don't want to be remembered as someone who is arrogant, someone who is selfish, someone who is demanding, someone who is self-centered, someone who is grumpy or hateful or picky or prideful. Uh, or someone who has to always have it their way. Someone who always wants the red carpet rolled out for them or the spotlight on them and all the recognition. You want to be remembered that way? I know you don't. I don't either. But we want to be remembered as someone who, who loved. Someone who, if, if somebody walked out on you, you could go to us. And we'd be there for you. That's how we want to be remembered. If you messed up, we were there for you. Today, how, how do you want to be remembered? It was January of 2003. The Ohio State Buckeyes, they were playing the number one ranked Miami Hurricane for the NCAA National College Football Championship. The Buckeyes were considered underdogs, big-time underdogs to the Miami Hurricane because Miami had a 34-game winning streak up to that day. They had not lost a game in nearly three full years. And just before they left the locker room at halftime, Jim Tressel, he's the head coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes, he gathered his team for one final talk before taking the field for the second half. And he closed his pep talk by asking them this little simple question. He said, guys, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want this team to be remembered? Well, that pep talk, it must have worked. Because when the game was over, the Buckeyes had pulled off one of the biggest upsets in defeating the Miami Hurricane, ending their 34-game winning streak and giving Ohio State a national title. At halftime, teams that are playing, they get a chance to go into the locker room, to look at each other, see what worked, see what didn't work, reset, get a game plan together for the second half, and go back out onto the field and execute. Well, this past month has been our halftime. This past month has been our opportunity to reset. This is our opportunity to get a game plan together for this next half to go out and to execute and to be victorious. And I just decree and declare that we are going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win in our marriages. We're going to win in our families. We're going to win with our kids. We're going to win in our priorities. We're going to win in our values. We're going to win in our community. We're going to win with our dreams. We're going to win with our passions. This is our time. This is our season. If not us, then who? And if not now, then when? We are going to win. And so I just want to ask you, everyone watching this, this cast right now, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? No reserve. No retreat. No regret. It's time for that to be your story. It's time for that to be my story. It's time for that to be our story. It's time for that to be the way they talk about us for years to come. That those people, that group of people, they were such a people that were on fire for Christ, that had a burning passion for Christ. They lived life in such a way with no reserve and no retreat and no regret. I, I love, as I close, I love the quote from Jonathan Edwards. And he says this, he said, resolution number one, I will live for God. And resolution number two, if no one else does, I still will. <laughs> God is calling us to that resolution in this season. I will live for God. And I'll live for God a life with no reserve and no retreat and no regret.
So this morning, right where you're at, I'm asking you to bow your heads if you would. As you're listening today, I just want to ask you, how many of you, you say, Pastor, that's, I want that to be me. I want that to be the way I'm remembered. I want people to remember me as a person who lived life with no reserve and no retreat and no regret because they lived their life in and for Christ. Maybe you're here today and you, you realize and you understand there's some resets that need to happen in your life. There's some resets that need to happen in your home. There's some resets that need to happen in your heart. There's some resets that need to happen in, in, in one of your relationships. There's some resets that need to happen in your family. There's some resets that need to happen in, when it comes to our priorities. There's some resets that need to happen when it comes to our time and what we give our time to. There's some resets that need to happen. And so I just want to ask you this morning, if that's you, and you would say, Pastor Jared, there, I, yeah, <laughs> there's resets that need to happen. And I want God, I don't want this, this month to be wasted time. Listen, I don't believe any time is wasted time if that time is put into the, to the hand of our Creator. And so this month is not a wasted time. This next week and a half or a couple weeks, however long it's going to be, this isn't wasted time. This could be time that God could do something significant in our life to prepare us for what is to come, to prepare us for the second half that is, to, that is ahead. And so today, if you would say, you know what, that's, that's me. I just want you to acknowledge that somehow, some way. You can just acknowledge that in your heart. You can acknowledge, if you want to raise your hand right where you're at, if you want to stand to your feet, whatever you want to do. But I just want you to acknowledge that in some way. Just say, God, that, that's me. There's resets that need to happen in my life. As you respond this morning, I just want to, I want to say this prayer with you. And I just want to say this prayer over you. And I just want you right there, I want you to pray. Pray yourself. Ask God, God, help me. Help me hit the reset switch in this area. Help me hit the reset switch. There's hopes and dreams that are gone. There's things that I know you've placed in my heart that have vanished. I know there's purposes that, that you've declared before me that, man, I, I'm just, I'm not living them right now. And God, help me hit the reset switch in this area. I want to pray over you this morning. And we're just believing God to do something significant and incredible in your heart and in your life today. God, I, I pray today for all those who acknowledged, whether it be just in their heart or by raising their hand or in whatever way they did. God, help us to understand that in our hearts there are things that we must face. There are things that we need to evaluate today. God, find in us a willingness not just a willingness, but a courage. A courage to live a life that we follow you. We follow you without reserve and without retreat and without regret. And God, I pray for everyone who acknowledged that this morning. God, would you just send us by your spirit into our community that we may be Christ reflected to our community. We need you today. We love you today and we trust you today. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for the privilege that we have of following you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, still with every head bowed and every eye closed, if maybe you're watching this and you're like, Jared, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. There's so much in my life that needs to be reset. There's so much in my life that I'm just, I'm out of bounds everywhere. Well, this morning we believe that you have tuned in to this cast today. Because God has a plan. God has a purpose for your life. God has something he wants to speak into your heart. And this isn't by accident.
This isn't by chance. This is divine setup this morning that you're watching this cast right now. Whether it be when it's taking place live or whether it be weeks later, God knew exactly where you would be and where this cast would be to bring this word into your heart. And so maybe this morning you would say, you know what, I, I, I need a reset. I need, I need a total reset. I have lived my life for myself. I do not know Jesus Christ. I have never invited him into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Or maybe you once did, but you know right now you're not living that life. You know right now you are anything but a follower of Christ. And you need a total reset today. Well, that's why we celebrated last week. Last week we celebrated Easter. We celebrated resurrection. He rose from the grave so that you can rise from the dead, dry, dull areas of our life and we can rise up in hope and victory with him. We don't have to die in our sin. We can live with hope and live with grace and live with mercy and live with purpose. And so this morning, if you're here, you would say, you know what, that's, that's exactly who I am. I need a total reset. I need to give my life to Christ today. It's my honor and privilege to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to invite you that you will you say this prayer with me, just a real short, simple prayer. Say, Dear Lord, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. I cannot save myself. So today, I give my life to you. I turn everything over into your hands. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Take all my sin, wash it all away, and make me whole. I love you, Jesus, and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Hey, if you said that prayer with us, we believe that this morning God has changed things in your life. We believe this morning that your eternal destination has been changed. And we want to encourage you, if you live in the, in the ceiling, Chester, in this area, we want to encourage you to come be a part of, of the Elm Grove family. If you don't have a church home, uh, if you live outside the community, we want to invite you to, to, to find a Bible-based church somewhere in your area. Get plugged in, get logged in, and become part of one of the greatest families you'll ever be a part of. That's the family of God. Umbro family, friends, we love you guys. We see light at the end of this tunnel. God is moving, God is working, and we believe soon and very soon we're going to be able to come together again. And But until that time, we want to encourage you. Stay plugged into His Word. Stay connected to one another. Make some phone calls. Check on one another. Love on one another. Uh, check on the needs of each other. Let's be the church. And let's live, let's, let's not start when we come back together. Let's start right now, right now, living life with no reserve, no retreat, and no regret. Guys, we love you today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And thank you for, uh, for just responding to God's word today. God bless you guys. Can't wait to see you back at our next time together. We love you. Go make it a great Sunday, Elm Grove. Enjoy it.